Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a podcast1.com production. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas to me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. ClarkDeals.com is where you find the deals. Speaking of deals, before we move on, I wanted to tell you there's a Woot Off going on right now. The website Woot.com, W-O-O-T.com that sells any of a number of items at uh, typically very cheap prices. It is a closeout outlet that actually behind the scenes is owned by Amazon. Woot is doing, when they do a Woot off, they have a bunch of items they rotate through the day. They have items that are available through the day till they sell out of them. Some of them are phenomenal deals. Others are like, to meet duds, but you should look through and see what is available there. Speaking of duds for dudes, coming up in 20 minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, T-shirts for hundreds of dollars, just a simple T-shirt. Have men lost their minds? I got some info for you to avoid the temptation of spending big money on a plain T-shirt. And later this hour, it's Military Appreciation Month, and I want you to know what we have available for military personnel, because I am so grateful to the brave men and women, the patriotic men and women who serve our nation. And I want to address you in just 30 minutes. So I want to talk to you about the housing market in the United States is going through so much change right now in how property is bought and sold. A lot of the changes that probably would have happened sooner because of the rapidly advancing technology available A lot of those changes didn't happen because of the long bust in the real estate market and what a distorted market we had for so long. Now that the real estate market is considered to be somewhat near normal, a lot of the innovations that technology offers are happening in greater and greater force around the country. And All over America, there are no-frills real estate agents that are growing that let you choose a la carte, if you are selling a house, what services you wish to buy. And instead of the traditional thing where there's a typically set commission in a local market that's supposed to be negotiated, but set commission... This is where you pay so many hundreds of dollars for this, so many hundreds of dollars for that. You want them to do an open house for you, you pay a fee for that, whatever it is. So that's growing. And then at the same time, confusingly, something completely different 
is growing around America, very heavily happening in the western states, now starting to appear back east, are home sellers that actually buy your home in various ways where you don't even have to worry about it, including one that is very controversial in real estate circles called Open Door and another called Offer Pad. What these two do is they make an offer for your home using their supposed advanced algorithms and artificial intelligence. They come up with an offer to you, and if you accept it, you're done. You move out of your house. Gosh, with open door, you move out of your house in three days if you want. And they pay you what they've agreed to pay you. And then they, taking possession of your house, they're then responsible for selling it, almost like a new home builder would be responsible for selling the homes that they built. And they're opening up in one city after another after another, offer pad in Phoenix, Vegas, Salt Lake, Los Angeles, Tampa, and Orlando, open door in Phoenix and Vegas. I'll tell you why those two markets would be in both of their plans. Dallas uh, opening in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. And then there's another one with a slightly different business model called Knock that started in Atlanta and plans to be in a number of other markets that they have listed coming soon. Their business model, again, different. So according to a report in the New York Times, Open Door, the offers they're making to people, one in three people who receive an offer accept it, and they're done. They're happy with the offer they're getting, and they move out. Now, nobody knows if the finances behind these innovators are strong enough or if their business models are going to work. But for you as a homeowner, you don't have to worry about that. All you want to do is know we're not going to be here for weeks or months or years waiting for our home to sell. And you got to be happy with the price. Remember, one in three people happy, two in three deciding not to do it. So it's an individual thing. It's what's going on in your own life. And it's the price you're offered, whether it's worth it to you or not. So then they have a listing that they then have to sell. And so traditional real estate agents are not cut out of the system It's just modified how they're in the system because you have this new player coming in, creating a buy, and then later creating a sale. So, again, I can't tell you when you have a home you want to sell if this is the right way for you to go. But if you live in the cities that offer this and you're getting ready to put your home on the market, How about not having to get the house cleaned up for a showing? Gosh, those are a pain, especially if you have kids. 
and all the other things involved in trying to figure out what are you going to price your home at? Is that too high? Is that too low? Is it just right? What do you do if the house lingers on the market? This eliminates all those what ifs. Some ground rules. The people doing this, I mentioned why Phoenix and Vegas would be in two of the initial companies' plans, why they're doing it in those two cities. Because in Phoenix and Las Vegas, there's a huge amount of what's known as production builds, where a very large, often publicly traded builder will come in, buy a huge amount of land, and they build homes, particularly in the mountain states, a lot of homes are built where they all pretty much look the same. Same stucco, same roof, the whole thing. Differences in floor plans, but not that many different plans. In fact, you'll find that the markets these things will thrive in are markets where there are large production builders. And so their um, algorithm should be able to successfully predict what is a good fair market value price for the home they're going to buy from you so that they don't get burned overestimating or underestimating. So what aren't they going to make an offer on? By the way, you put in a request, and most of the time, they give you an offer on your home virtually instantaneously. Crazy, right? And who's instantly going to be rejected? Anybody who has a high-end home? because they can't figure out fair market value, you're out. And anybody who has a home in an area that is tend to be, might well be lower priced, they're not interested in that either. It's going to be the great middle market, especially suburban areas. Again, the three organizations operating in different cities, OfferPad, Open Door, and Knock, Phoenix, Dallas, Vegas, Atlanta, Tampa, L.A., Salt Lake are the markets that have one or more of these available now, and this idea has legs. There will be more cities included and maybe even more people getting in to this guaranteed purchase business. These are not for people like the signs you see by the side of the road that we buy any house or whatever. These are not for people in distress. These are for people in the middle market and are not in a position where you just got to, got to, got to sell a house that may be a wounded duck. Jerry joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jerry. Good afternoon, Clark. How are you doing? Oh, sure. I'm doing great today. Hope you are. I am. And very important to ask how you're doing when you're going to ask me about life insurance. That's right. So so you're doing well for real? Oh, uh, you mean in general? Yeah, your health. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, health. Um, Yeah, doing doing great. Great. Well, tell me how I can be of service with you for you with life insurance. Thanks so much, Clark. I, I appreciate your time. Sure. So I um, have a 20-year term life insurance that I'm 10 years into. Um, We have four children who are ages 10 years and younger. And you're saying? 
I'm sorry? You're sane? You have four young children? (laughs) (laughs) You are a tougher man than I am, Jerry. Well, we, we have been blessed with these four, uh, these four young ones. It, it is a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, you bought this and, when and, the and first one, when the first child was born, right? Home. Correct. So how can I help? So my, my wife is a stay-at-home mom, so there, there's um, one income in the house. Uh, the, the agent that, I'm, that I've bought my first um, life insurance um, policy with, you know, suggests that it's time to, to renew and get more um, up-to-date since we've had a few more children since then, which, which I agree with. Um, they went through a list of uh, companies and sort of shopped around and, and got um, a, a rate that they say is the, the, um, the, the cheapest one, the most competitive one they found. Well, my question for you is, um, it's with a company that I'm not familiar with, um, and I'm not in the insurance business, so I'm not sure that i would necessarily be in the know of all the top companies out there, but it's not one that I've ever heard before. And my question for you was, how should I factor in the reputability um, or the, the name recognition of a, of, a, of a company for a life insurance policy as opposed to the, the price that's being offered? Right. So here's the key. There's no way with all the hundreds or thousands of life insurance companies, you could know them all. So you want to check their AM best rating. And that's available for you for free on the web. Make sure you get the exact name of the life insurer, because there are many life insurers with similar names. So you want the full name of it, and you just put that in a a Google search or whatever search engine you use, and you put in the name of the company, AM, and then you follow that AM best rating. And if the company is rated A double plus, which is the highest rating by AM best, you can buy that policy and sleep well at night knowing it's going to be great. Okay. Um, if this company is a lot cheaper than maybe the next cheapest, then you could go to A+, plus, but no lower. Okay. And as long as you do that, it doesn't matter what they're called. You know, that you, you haven't heard of them, maybe I haven't heard of them. It's the financial safety of the insurer is core and key and as far as how much insurance you should buy i have a back of the envelope answer the agent you're talking to may have a very different one i would say you buy a level term policy for 10 times your current annual income and that's just the simplest answer i can give about how much coverage you should have and again stick with level term like you got, and with really young ones in the house, look at perhaps even looking at a 30-year policy for the level term. All right, today I can top our Clark Rages moment of a few weeks ago about men buying blue jeans for over $400 a pair. How about men buying a simple T-shirt for over $400? Rip-offs. Outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. So the fashion writer for the Wall Street Journal wrote a story about men spending huge money on simple 
T-shirts, white T-shirts, colored T-shirts that men more and more you see are wearing as a shirt rather than as an undershirt. And so it's a thing. But it's allowed manufacturers and retailers to run up the price of their shirts where it's not uncommon that people spend 80, 90, 100, 200, 300. It is uncommon for people to spend 400. But the funny thing is that the best T-shirt for the money tested was $10 from Uniglo, 10 bucks, bunch of colors, simple, buy it right online. The best value for your money was one called the Comfort Colors, 4017, that is available typically for 5 to $7 online. Who needs to spend... 80, 100, or more, that is clark Rages. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy. Really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy. Like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. Thanks for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our website, and when you have questions for me, Clark.com slash ask. You have questions, maybe not for me. We have answers. You can get off-air advice from a member of our team for free. Uh, Team Clark answers your questions 45 hours each week, and this has been a free service of our show for 24 years. You can see how to get that off-air advice. If you go about halfway down our homepage at Clark.com. Memorial Day is coming up, and for many people, it's the unofficial kickoff to summer, and not much thought about what it's really for, and it's to uh, remember those who gave their lives for our nation's freedom, who put on the uniform of the U.S. military, and in some cases, didn't come home. And I am so grateful to the people who have served our country. You know, it's uh, Military Appreciation Month. You may not have even known there was such a thing. But 
I want you to know that I appreciate so much what a privilege we have living in this great country. I am the grandson of four immigrants to the United States. And both both grandmothers and both grandfathers born overseas. And so the opportunity that my family has had to show appreciation for the opportunity we've had to live in this country, to live with the freedoms we have, it's been considered to be mandatory in my family to serve our country in whatever way we can. And people in my family have served in every branch of the military except the Marines, because none of us are tough enough to serve in the Marines. And I am so thankful to my fellow Americans who serve or have served. We have a a military guide, military and for veterans, at Clark.com with information we try to keep as up-to-date to to the minute as we can so you know about uh, benefits available to you, you know about rights you have, and you know about people preying on our military personnel trying to rip them off. Also, Military.com is a great website with resources for people who serve our country. And I know that there's been some um, unhappiness expressed on Clark Stinks by people who feel that I give too much attention and praise to people who have served or do serve in our military, and I will not apologize for appreciating people who do serve our nation. I've had a long-standing feeling that we would be better served as a country if we followed the example of Israel and that all teenagers were required after they finish high school to serve two years in the military that serving our country and protecting our country should be a shared sacrifice. I feel like we've lost something in our country that we call on so few people who are patriotic enough or brave enough to step up and serve us in an all-volunteer military and are called upon again and again at great cost to their families to the time they'd have with their children, with repeated deployments that only have to be repeated because we have so few people who feel called to serve. So if you do serve or have served, let me say once again how grateful I am to you for what you do to keep us free through your bravery. Gail is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Gail. Hi. It's great to talk to you. Well, great to have you here, Gail. And I'm sorry that you're having a tough life circumstance yourself right now. I am. My question is, um, you know, I've been married almost 40 years, faced with a divorce. So my credit rating is 831. And how can I maintain that as we cancel credit cards and different names on them 
So, first of all, I'm sorry that after such a lengthy marriage, it has reached this point. Right. And I know that's that's so hard. And uh, if misery loves company, I don't know if you know, Gail, this has been a big trend in the country that for the first time since records have been kept, long, long, long long-term marriages are ending. And that is a whole different thing going on today Um, as far as your credit is with your estranged spouse there's no issue about paying bills or anything like that that's all good and bills get paid even now well um, the the divorce is not quite final I still manage the budget and still pay all the bills and no there's never been a problem we have 100% payment on time payment all right, and you want to make sure you maintain that. So with cards that are joint, credit card companies are more desperate to maintain customers who've shown good payment histories and have proven to be profitable for them than ever before. So in the past, you would uh, call a credit card company, tell them you needed to close an account that's a joint account because of a divorce, and they'd say, okay. And pay off your balance is closed. Today, they're more likely to try to uh, do what they call a keep or a save, where they'll try to keep both of you as customers, if you both wish, but with separate accounts that you each would have. It's to their advantage, and it's big time to your advantage. Okay. And that's going to be the best way to maintain, because you need to keep a meaningful amount of open and available credit because just that is almost a third of what makes up your credit score. Mm -hmm. Your great payment history continues to serve you well even if every account you have closes. That wonderful payment history is the number one factor in what makes up your score and your estranged husband's score. So, um, but interestingly enough, one or two missed payments would devastate both of your scores. So through this time that's so trying for both of you, you're in charge. Just keep making sure the bills are paid. And how many open credit cards do you have right now that are joint? Uh, We've got about eight. Some we've had for 25 years. So you don't need eight, no. But there may be a divide-and-conquer strategy where you each keep four. Right. right. And so uh, when are you able to discuss openly with each other? Uh, now and then. Depends. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because this is kind of almost like a neutral subject. It would be great if, it was a, if you, the two of you could agree on this strategy to um, to remove one from the other, you know, from the cards, and then have a strategy of which ones each of you want to keep, if the card issuer will allow you to keep your own account. Well, like our uh, our Costco card, we've had 18 years, and is that something where uh, the, as you say, the keep and save separate account thing, would they let us each have our own name on a card and 
Great question. So with Costco, you have to each, uh, whichever, whoever's primary on that account, the other person would have to open their own Costco account, their own Costco membership. And that would be like, uh, that would be the first step to being able to get your own card. But does the good credit rating with that company since we've had absolutely years? Absolutely. 100%. Because it is your credit history. Whether an account is open or closed, the existing credit history is maintained. Okay. Okay. So that's not an issue. All right. And with, uh, with other things, are there any other things besides the credit cards that could be something that will come up? Like, is there a mortgage on a house? There is about 49000 left to pay. Again, our payments are always made. Um, but that, anyway. Is one of you going to keep the house? Keeping the house. Is one of you going to keep it and the other buy the other's equity out? He's keeping the house, and he's not buying me out. He's just keeping it. Huh. Is that really fair to you? <laughs> How long do you have? <laughs> well, if you're being taken advantage of, do you have your own legal representation? I do. I do. All right. So, you know, I a lot of times in divorce, women end up, in a position where they don't stand up for themselves enough on the financial side. And I don't want you to be stripped of the equity of your home unless there's something else that will be a substitute of assets that will allow him to keep the home. Mm -hmm. And I would say you don't have a final agreement yet, right? Uh, We're just waiting for the lawyer to finish her paperwork. All right, so, so... on that score, there should not part of the agreement should be that the existing mortgage does not stay, that he has to either pay that off or come up with his own financing so that you're not looking at a time bomb where you're not living in the house, but you're liable for the payments and your credit could be affected if he doesn't make a payment on time. Um, he's already taken my name off the account got the paperwork i should say uh generally a lender will not allow they can take your ownership off the house depending on how various state laws work but he can't remove you from the mortgage a lender is not going to remove you because they want to have if they have two parties that they approve for it they want both parties available to go after if a mortgage isn't paid i'd like you to consult the your lawyer about that to make sure that you are properly not at risk if he falls behind or doesn't pay on that mortgage. And I wish you the best, but please, even if you're emotionally exhausted by this process, fire back up and get the information you need to to protect yourself moving forward. Dolores is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Dolores. Hello there. How are you? I'm great, and I'm honored to talk to you, Clark. My, uh, my husband and I have listened to you for years now and taken your advice on many things, so uh, it's a real pleasure to talk to you. Well, thank you so much. How may I serve you? Well, I'm in the position of having to um, get hearing aids, and I'm finding out that uh, the cost is prohibitive, 
most, um, well, at least my insurance, and I don't know of any that does pay for them or even helps you to pay for sure. them. Sure. Uh, it's a free market them. activity. It's completely, um, you know, whatever the price is, that's the price, like anything else you'd buy outside of medical. Right, exactly. Um, usually there's, well, on some things that there's some help. I'm thinking of if you had a prosthesis for anything else, in your, on your body, why it would probably be paid for, but I kind of look at hearing aids as a prosthesis for your ears. And you've been looking at prices in the range of how much? Well, I actually haven't, uh, I've only talked to other people, because this has just come up for me to have to um, buy hearing aids. And you're uh, hearing horror stories from them of three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 for a pair of hearing aids? Easily. All uh, right, I got great my- news for you. Well, it, my sister-in-law paid just paid $7,000 for hearing aids. All right, that's not great news, but I have great news for you. You can pay Good. a tenth of that. Okay. Um, in fact, it's an industry going through a radical transformation right now with all kinds of new players and technology becoming available. And there's a company that I have been mentioning to people for a while. As a, you know, I'm not a medical professional, but I've been mentioning it, and there are people who have been very happy with something I called IHearMedical.com. IHearMedical.com. And their hearing aids are three fifty. Medical.com. How much did you say? Three fifty. Okay. Oh my goodness. Is that per per ear? Per ear. Okay. And but they have deals where if you buy two, you get a discount on that. And but the thing is, they were the pioneers. Over this year and next year, there are going to be so many new product launches from various companies offering sub-$1,000 hearing aid pairs. And it's because of the breakthroughs in technology and circuitry, and it's going to completely change that industry. So you can pay just a tiny fraction of what you expect. It's time for Ask Clark. Joel, what's our first Ask Clark today? Clark, we have a question from Dewey. He says, we're wanting to go to Disney World, and we want to know the best way to save money on hotels, food, attraction, and and admission to the park. Also, we need a pet-friendly hotel. Last question, is it cheaper to fly or drive? Oh, my goodness. I said first question. That was like six questions. Right, a lot rolled into one. By the way, if you want to post an Ask Clark, you do so at clark.com slash ask. So there's a website I've mentioned in the past, uh, bringfido.com, where you're able to see places that are pet-friendly. Also, Expedia, for a general booking site, does a good job with a button on the home screen where you can specifically look for pet-friendly hotels. The question of flying versus driving to Orlando is really answered by how many people are going on the trip. Generally, uh, up to two people, it's usually going to be cheaper to fly to Central Florida, to Orlando, or to Sanford Airport. But when it goes past two, for people, particularly in the eastern half of the country, it's cheaper to drive than it is to fly most of the time. On discounts for Disney, there's a great site called mousesavers.com. In fact, I just looked. It was updated earlier today with all kinds of deals and discounts on everything except 
park admissions, which are a zillion dollars, and you see those people set up in the parking lot saying they've got special deals on Disney tickets, avoid them. They are timeshare touts. You don't want to go anywhere near them. Those will be the most expensive discounted tickets you will ever get. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com save. That's quickenloans.com S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Today on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted, we are joined by actor, producer, director, author. What else can you do, Brian Cranston? I sweep floors. You do? And I load a dishwasher really, really well. Do you unload it? Not too many. Okay. <laughs> we could give you a job in our the house. The talent is loading it, not unloading. No, the talent is buying the dishes that fit together and not the dishes that I buy that don't fit in the dishwasher. Well, I could teach you how they can fit. Okay, Brian, right. thank you. That's Brian Cranston on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. Be sure to listen on Podcast One or through the Podcast One app and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is the web address. ClarkDeals.com, our bargain site. Coming up a half hour from now, I'm going to share with you something that is not a bargain at all something I have been doing completely wrong. You get to hear how I have been doing the wrong thing in just 30 minutes. Right now, talk about something that has caused an enormous uproar among people that are aware of it. Google has a new service for retailers that when you're out and about, Google, even though you're buying something in a physical store where still 90-plus percent of the action is, the company knows what you're up to, what you're buying, what you're doing, where you are, and they're able to tell retailers what ads they should be targeting to which person on an iPhone or Android simply through the deep data that they have on each of us. Now that is, some people, oh, so what? And to other people, infuriating that you could be out and about And they know exactly what you're doing. 
not on your phone. You're not on your phone, and they still know. So Google has the ability, with how much information they have on each of us, to be able to know so well what we like to do, where we like to do it, when we like to do it, on and on. So if that drives you crazy, and by the way, for me, I'm going to tell you the truth, I don't care. Let them know. But a lot of other people, it's like, that's horrific. So at Clark.com, we have a guide for you for iPhones and Androids, how to turn off your phone from tracking everything you do. The steps are very simple. Finding them, not as much so. So we've done that for you. And we show you how to get it done and protect your privacy so that you're not being tracked every single second, everything you're up to. There's also a simple procedure where you can delete history that is available to you. Now, let me tell you something about Google. Google is one of those companies that their original internal slogan was do no evil, I think. And Google is very polarizing to a lot of people. They give all this stuff away for free, but what you're paying with is all your information. And so they can do the ultra-specific targeting. Google, you know, owns YouTube, and the way they're offering YouTube TV at the best price in the business of any streaming product is they make it up on being able to do ultra-precise target advertising. So they can generate more revenue from their advertising than other people can do. And so they're essentially subsidizing your television viewing in return for that information. So it involves a trade-off. Oh, the other thing with um, with Google is that they do, with so many of the things that they collect data on, they give you the ability to turn it off. They don't say, hey, come over here, come over here, you can stop this. But they allow you to do it if you know how. And so something that we will continue to do on our show and on our website is make you aware and give you the tools at Clark.com that if you want to stop a particular kind of tracking or know how it works, we're going to have that for you. Todd is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Todd. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. It's an absolute honor to talk to you. Well, it's great to have you here, and you are interested in going solar. Well, I, I certainly am. I, I live in Nebraska, and we don't have a lot of solar companies around yet, and I've certainly been following the the stories with, with the company Tesla and their new solar-powered shingles, because we certainly get hailstorms here, and their shingles look very durable, and so I'm kind of curious as to whether or not you think it's 
cost-effective to look into their new shingles already or wait to see how the technology kind of actually plays out. So Consumer Reports ran the numbers state by state, and I don't know if they included Nebraska, but for a number of states, and found that there were some states where the Tesla shingles absolutely pay off. For people who've not seen them, it's something that people in solar have been talking about for probably 20 years, and no one's ever been able to make it work. And apparently Tesla has. They've made these shingles that are not indestructible, but they are so hard to to beat up, uh, even for big storms to tear them up, that they're offering a guarantee for the life of the house on the shingles. But they are very expensive, and what Consumer Reports did was ran a formula based on what prevailing power rates are, the amount of sun there is, and were able to compute whether or not the shingles would be cost-effective. And if you are not a Consumer Reports subscriber, I would suggest that it would be worth it for you to pay for just one-time access to that so you could see that information. If it's behind their paywall, I don't know if it's behind their paywall. But if it is, that that would answer the question, if... They covered Nebraska. <laughs> right. Okay. Because you know what happens. I mean, you get passed over so many times. People don't do the work for you when you live in Nebraska because of um, the light level of overall population. Right. So hopefully they'll have the data. But a number of states, uh, the math does not work with the Tesla shingles right now that I saw in the summary of the testing. But it's a, I'd say at this point, doing a system like that is, excuse me, Joel, will you explain the color-coded map yeah, you've got? They've got a, Consumer Reports has a map, and so the states that are in white, they say they can benefit the most from solar, and the states in blue will benefit less. And it looks like Nebraska's you in blue. You didn't make the cut on their analysis. <laughs> Okay. Well, I guess I'll hold out for a while longer then. So there's this interesting uh, part of the country that didn't make the cut at all. Uh, let's see. Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota. None in that whole row from the Canadian border down to the Texas border. The economics didn't work by their analysis. And then okay. Texas, it works. So, because Texas has an enormous amount of daily solar. So, I got you all bummed out, didn't I, Todd? Uh, well, I, I didn't have another $70,000 to pay for the roof yet anyway, so I probably would have waited. <laughs> but I think waiting is the right thing. Let early adopters that are crazy like me go do stuff like that. We get the bugs out of the way, and we help break the, the price curve. Because I am obsessed with alternative energy. So when you're obsessed with something, you make decisions sometimes that are not economic for you, but they may in fact create benefit for others. And it's not an altruistic thing for me. I just have always had this obsession going back to the 1970s 
and seeing what happened to us when we were taken advantage of by OPEC that had an oil embargo and did all kinds of nastiness to us and the to we in the United States. And that's why you hear me so excited about the incredible breakthroughs in energy production in the United States. Because I don't want us ever, ever to be in a position where we have to worry what OPEC's up to or what the Russians are up to. Billy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Billy. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Billy. You're selling a truck. I was actually looking to buy a truck. Oh, you're buying the truck. Okay. Right. I was looking on Craigslist in my area, and I found one, a very nice-looking truck. Uh, The the, uh, telephone number was very similar to mine. It's in my state, upper part of my state. So I figured, well, maybe it's, uh, you know, drive to look at it or at least have somebody to, you know, talk to about it. So uh, I started the conversation, and they came back and told me what the price was. And uh, so we settled on the price, and then I found out that the, the gentleman told me anyway that he was in the military in North Dakota and that the vehicle, he was getting deployed, so he was going to ship the vehicle free of charge. He gets a, if you're in the military, you know that they do ship your belongings free of charge once a year or something like that. So it seemed reasonable to me. I was in the military, and I got all my stuff shipped back to my house when I got out. So anyway, uh, he wanted me Did to, you hear the uh, cow laying a big pile of manure just then? Yeah, right. I bet this story's not going to get any safer for you because yeah. I have heard that that story over and over again. Okay. About the supposed deployment and the cars left behind. And usually the punchline is they want you to pay some kind of unusual way. Yes. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) PayPal or what are they saying this time? Amazon Payments. Okay. The name brand they used. Uh Uh-huh. And they probably, they want you to go buy Amazon gift cards or something? Yes. All right, that is completely bogus, completely a scam. And on the Craigslist listing, do they have pictures of the vehicle and description and all that? Oh, yes. All right, I'm going to go on a hunch, because what's happened in the past with those Craigslist listings is they've actually gone to autotrader.com, found a vehicle actively for sale somewhere in the country, uh-huh. and taken that exact listing and its pictures and duplicated it, changed who the seller is to them, yeah, and listed it on Craigslist. Yeah, I figured all that out now. But did they get any of your money? Amazon payments. I, you know, I thought it might be some kind of legitimate. But. Did they get any of your money? No, sir. No. Oh, oh, thank goodness! I was really getting worried there. <laughs> no. So you know, Craigslist. Have you seen their rule about scams? No, I haven't, but I was planning on reporting this thing to them anyway. Oh, they don't care. Because oh, they okay. just they put right on their home screen in big bold, if you click through to it, avoiding scams, deal locally face-to-face, follow this one rule, and avoid 99% of scam attempts. And then they talk about all the phony money stuff that goes on, and There are people they have that you can report it to and all that. But the most important thing you've done now 
is you've warned other people by the millions by being here with me today. Right. And anything you want to buy, you want to buy a truck, you see it in the seller face to face. Right. And I'm, I'm so glad these this thief, whoever he or she is, didn't get a hold of your money. By the way, the person you talked to, you said he, 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 but that person may have been a front person yeah. for the actual crook. Jennifer joins us on the Clark Howard Show. You have an important warning for your fellow listener, don't you? Yes. Yes, sir, I do. Um, my mother was on her laptop a couple of days ago, and she had a message pop up as she was just surfing the Internet, as most of us do, said that um, that she needed to call Microsoft that her, her laptop had a virus on it. So oh. they provided the number. Yeah. Uh, they provided the number, oh. and she called the number, and um, they ended up transferring her to a company, and they claimed they gained remote access onto her computer. Yeah, and she has to give them certain information, and then once yeah. she does, they can operate her computer as if they're sitting right there next to your mom. Yes, yes, and that is that is just extremely scary. I mean, it's terrifying, and... Um, so they gained access and claimed to have fixed the problem. And when I heard all this, I got a little, um, little concerned. So I called the real Microsoft and first thing she told me is, yes, it is. It is indeed a scam. We're not going to send you a message telling you to call us. Um, so she said message, emails. We're not going to do that. Just, you know, feel free to call us directly. But so I, I Googled the number and called them directly. But. Um, it's, it was a pretty good scam, and it caught me off guard. But um, Have they gotten any bad. money out of your mom? No, sir, they didn't. They didn't. Um, they did agree to her mailing them a check, which was another red flag to me. All right, so there's something else, though. They probably have put on her computer a keylogger program or other spyware. I'm sorry, what was that? They probably put what's known as a keylogger program or various forms of spyware. Yes. Yes, and that's, there was a couple of apps in her um, on her computer icons, and I got in there yesterday and deleted them. But okay, I um, need for you to run here. a full antivirus checkup. If you will, Jennifer, if you'll look at Clark.com on my free and cheap section, I have some antivirus that I'd like you to download on your mom's computer and run it and see what else might be lurking there. And for now, she should do no banking on that computer. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy, really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy, like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. 
And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. Thanks for being here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. When you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. 45 hours a week, you can get your questions answered for free off the air by a member of our team. If you go to Clark.com, go part of the way down the page, and you will see. Also, if you go to Clark.com, you miss something on our show, like uh, last hour I talked about new ways for you to sell your home when you're a homeowner popping up in different cities in the country. You can go listen to our podcast and hear what you weren't around you missed the first time check it out check this out i am so wrong about something wrong 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 i stink i wonder if i should play play a little clark stinks sounder I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And was I called out, we do a meeting each day before our show with our web team, our off-air team, our TV folks, radio. We all get together and we talk. And one of the things that came up is a report that was put out in the journal for pediatricians. And, in fact, they've now come out with a policy statement, in addition, saying that we, at whatever age, but especially as parents serving to our children, that we should not be serving them fruit juices. And it is a strident, clear, overwhelming recommendation from the American Academy of Pediatrics. So, in our meeting, there, are, there were four of us who were at the meeting who all have children. Three said that they never serve their child fruit juice. Never. Like all capital letters, never. And what a lame, dumb father I am that my kids... Drink fruit juice. So let me tell you why you're not supposed to feed your kids fruit juice and why you should reconsider it for yourself. You don't have the nutritional benefits you have from eating the actual fruit. But at the same time, you have massive amounts of calories. And... They give all these recommendations about what age is okay to even give your kids any juice at all, and the maximum number of ounces per day, 
even up to age 18, is eight ounces for little kids a lot less of fruit juice a day. And so I am just dumb. And so when I get home, there's going to have to be some stuff that vanishes from my refrigerator because I'm creating, instead of health in my kids, I'm creating an unhealthy environment by serving them fruit juices. Now, Joel, you were one of the parents that was clearly making fun of me when we were talking about this in our show meeting. We have more about this at Clark.com. You to see the recommendations and the comparisons about what it is you should be serving your kids. How were you so much more intelligent than I am? Well, I wouldn't make fun of you uh, about it, but... You were all making fun of me. Now, Even so, people who don't have kids. Yeah, well, I know that it's like... I just assume that it's like a Pandora's box, and once you open it, once you start giving your kids these fruit drinks, like they're going to ask for them all day, every day. And so we just kind of made a decision early on not to give our kids any fruit drinks because... They should be drinking water at that age, like mostly water, a little bit of milk, and that's it. I mean, when we're a special function, rare occasion. When they, did you go to school for pediatrics? I know. Yeah, I know. That's right? exactly what the report says, by the way. <laughs> On a very rare occasion, like picnic with friends kind of thing, we'll break out some juice boxes, but that's like once every couple of months. So, you know, when I was born, the first drink I was ever served was Coca-Cola. That's the way it was back in the day here in the South. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. It was, was the first thing I was ever served. But it was completely normal up to probably 15 years ago that kids had as many soft drinks or sodas or pop or whatever you call it where you live as they wanted. And today, parents are very, very careful and highly restrict both caffeine from children and soft drinks. I mean, just look at what's going on at Pepsi and Coca-Cola with the hard time both companies are having selling soft drinks because consumption levels are going down because parents do look at it as something that's not a neutral. They look at it as potentially harmful to their kids. And I guess we're adding fruit juice to that as well. Gosh, I got to get modern, get current. Warren is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Warren. Hi there, Clark. How are you doing? Great, thank you. You are a very smart man. Well, I don't know if anybody would agree with that, but... Well, you're hearing that from somebody who obviously has proven today that I'm dumb, but anyway, what you're thinking of doing is ingenious. Hit me with it. Well, the uh, Nissan Leaf seems to have plummeted in... uh, value over the last four or five years and i know that you bought one and i'm curious what your experience was with it so it's really fun to drive the range on it compared to what's coming out now in the marketplace is pitiful you know mine from full charge gets about 55 miles of range it's deteriorated over the six plus six years i've had it Right. But the thing is, if somebody's commuter driving pattern fits, they're selling 
at relatively pennies on the dollar, maybe the worst depreciated value in the United States. I have noticed that. So people are buying them for, uh, depending on the miles on it and the version of it, for roughly six to $11,000 used. Right. Now, what year do you have? I have a 20... I bought it in 2011, but it may have been marketed as a 2012. I had a very early production model. Mine right. doesn't even have a backup camera. It does not, you say? Does not. And seeing out of the back of that car without a backup camera is uh, is very dicey. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I've but, only driven a couple of them and mostly forwards. But aren't they fun? I mean, they're they're lightning fast. They don't look like they'd be a fast car, but they're... Oh, I was kind of surprised, actually. They All the torque is available immediately. And so you can, you can be at a red light next to a Porsche, somebody who's going through um, one of those things where they got to show, well, uh, forget it, I'm, I'm not going that way. Anyway, and, you know, they're all pumped up about their Porsche, and you can just smoke them right from the red light. Not that I'm recommending you do that. Right. Uh, they're going to catch you pretty quickly and blow past you, but you can you have bragging rights for the first many seconds. Yeah, past about 40 miles an hour, they kind of run out of breath. But Right. But as a, as a commuter vehicle, and the price you can buy them at, and the cost, the fact they cost virtually nothing to run, it is a brilliant purchase used. So other than the battery degradation, you don't see any downside to them? You haven't had any problems? Not a single problem from day of purchase other than range. Right. So what kind of range does your show on the, uh, they call it the guessometer? The guessometer, when it's fully charged, says that I have 70, is it 78, I think? But I'll drive out of the driveway, and like three miles later, it's down to 50-something. Yeah. So you have to really think through your driving and commuting patterns. You know, most people drive an average of 29 miles a day. Right. So at 55 miles, you're absolutely fine. Uh, I don't know that other people have had that same problem with range as I've had with mine, but uh, even even if they have, for the typical person's daily driving or commuting, it gets it done, and to be able to buy a car with extremely low miles that has many, many years of useful life in front of it and buy it for such an incredibly low price relative to the value of other used cars, it is the best deal in the used car market in the United States. I sort of thought so, too, Ed, but uh, my longtime girlfriend doesn't seem to agree with me. She thinks they're ugly. Well, they, uh, they're they like a child that's not the best looking, but because but, it's your child, you think they're good looking anyway? Yeah. yeah. So I think you got to tell her it's in that category. So I wonder how you'll settle that. Colin is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Colin. Clark. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you for taking my call. I love your show. Thank you. You are getting an exceedingly large tax refund? (laughs) Yes, larger than uh, 
than I anticipated, but I guess that's a good thing. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, I want to use the money. Um, I don't know an exact timing when I want to use it, but I'm going to put it towards an investment property. I've got um, a few rental houses that I, that I have and would like to buy another one in the sometime in the future. I don't know when that'll be, but probably within a year, hopefully if I, you know, see the right house. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what the best thing to do with that money is. You just have um, to stash the cash in an online account. Okay. You're only going to earn, like, at the top right now, about 1.25%, I think. Mm-hmm. But y- when you're looking at money that you're going to probably use on a very short notice and within a couple of years' time, mm-hmm. you have to just park it. You can't okay. get cute with it. Because <laughs> the second you get cute with the money, uh, suddenly some of the money evaporates. Okay, well, that uh, I just felt like I was letting it sit there, and I felt bad leaving all that money sitting in one place, but I'd rather have it than lose it, I guess. So. And are you going to need all the money from this refund for um, your your goal? Because, you know, I would, I'd always be tempted, so i got to throw it out. <laughs> I'm always tempted to suggest that you take a portion of it and fund a Roth IRA, because yeah, I don't want I, you all I'm, just... I'm already funding two, my, one for myself and one for my wife. I'm maxing those already. You know, people like you and me and Joel just infuriate a lot of people. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you save money like that, it's like, where do they come up with that money? How do they save all that money? <laughs> and it's simply a matter of whatever you make, you live on less than what you make. And you create a world of possibilities. So in your case, keep doing what you're doing. But uh, if you look at bankrate.com and click on their button for best savings rates, Mm -hmm. you'll see what online bank has the best rates on savings accounts. They're all FDIC insured on their database. Mm -hmm. And just go with whoever's paying the highest rate. One thing with bankrate, though, I don't know if they... Uh, put certain people higher on their list, even though their interest rates are lower if they're getting paid to do that. So you got to slide down and look for who's actually paying the highest rate of interest. Okay. Because whoever's paying the highest rate of interest today may not always be paying the highest rate, but there seems to be a bias that way that if you go with who's paying the highest, the highest today is 1.30%. It's gone up just a little bit as interest rates rise. Grab that. Randy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Randy, you're going to Hawaii. Yes, sir. I'm jealous. I love Hawaii. You've been to Hawaii before? We have a few times, but every time in the past, we've always used frequent flyer points because I travel a lot, but this time we're having to buy tickets because we committed to take my sister-in-law, who has a very specific time that she can go in late February. Man. You haven't trained your sister-in-law that you go when the deal is? Yeah, but that's when the whales are there, Clark. They're pretty neat. So that will be so fun. Which island or islands are you planning to go to? Well, we're planning on spending a couple days on Oahu and then uh, five or six days on Maui. So I was looking at flying into Honolulu and back from Kahului, but airfares right now just seems awful high. All right, so the deal right now is there are price wars going on every day from the west coast and hawaii has really become two markets 
there's this thin sliver of the West Coast from Portland down to San Diego. And then when you look back east to Hawaii, the fares are three or four times that. Right. So what I would recommend to you, since you tipped me off already, you have like a zillion frequent flyer miles, is use your frequent flyer miles for a domestic ticket mainland. Get to wherever on the West Coast, you can get a great deal to Hawaii, and then take one of those cheap West Coast fares across the Pacific. Okay. And you said Portland's an option as well? Yeah, Portland. Let me think all the places that have had cheap deals lately. Portland, Oakland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, and occasionally Vegas. Oh, okay. All right, and, great. And there's, um, out of Los Angeles, often there have been the cheapest fares, but it's been hit or miss. And it would be really good to look at the websites of Hawaiian Airlines, Alaska Airlines, and Allegiant Airlines. So have a great, great time. Have you been to Oahu before? Yeah, it's one of those places, you, you know, you go once because it's so touristy and you see the key sites. But since we're taking our sister law for the first time, we wanted to spend some time there as well. Don't make that sacrifice for your sister-in-law. <laughs> if I were you, what I would do, a lot of the flights from Honolulu back to the West Coast go at like 11 o'clock at night. Instead, take and, and you know, you get to the West Coast airport daybreak. Instead... Go to Honolulu mid-morning after you check out of your place on Maui and just spend the day taking her around, showing her Pearl and showing her uh, Diamond Head and other sites in Honolulu. And don't deal with having to get a hotel and stay there and all that and just pining for when you get to go over to Maui. Okay. Just a thought. Having been there many times, it just would make your whole experience a lot more fun. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. This is Jay Moore. I have a new sports podcast every day. More sports. Hashtag more sports. You don't need to know anything about sports to love it. All you got to know is I get down. I tell it like it is. I curse. I know. That's weird. And I guarantee you will love it. Podcast One, Podcast One app. Please hit subscribe. CBO and Health Bill, GOP candidate and reporter. I'm Tim McGuire with an AP News Minute. The Congressional Budget Office reports that the House-passed health care bill would leave an additional 23 million people without health insurance by 2026. Senate Democratic Leader Charles Schumer. This report ought to be the final nail in the coffin of the Republican effort to sabotage our health care system. The CBO also reports premiums would drop along with coverage. A reporter for the Guardian newspaper claims that Greg Gianforte, the Republican candidate in tomorrow's special congressional election in Montana, body slammed him. Reporter Ben Jacobs had entered a private office while Jim Forte was giving an interview. The campaign says he began questions and was told to leave. Newspaper posted an audio recording in which Jim Forte can be heard saying he was sick and tired of you guys. Police in Manchester, England, say a woman is the sixth person arrested there as part of the investigation into the concert bombing that killed 22 people. I'm Tim McGuire.